Now, we've been studying in Deuteronomy 28, finding out exactly what we've been redeemed from, going into some detail. And once you go back there with me again now, and let's, let's pick up where we left off. We were, we were studying it verse by verse uh, in the particular phrases that deal with physical problems. Uh, you know, he began there in Deuteronomy 28 by saying, uh, he, he mentions two or three ifs. He said, if you'll hearken diligently, if you will do, you see. If you will hear, basically if you will hear and pay attention and obey and do, then all these blessings will come over you and, and overtake you. He mentioned several things. He talked about blessed in the city, in the field, when you come in, when you go out, in your basket and store, everything you set your hand to. You won't have to borrow. You have plenty to lend. Uh, your crops will flourish. Your herds will flourish. Your family will flourish. All of your investments, that's being blessed. How I many of that's life a Christian supposed to live? You're supposed to be blessed. You see, if, you, if things are going wrong, I mean, every time you turn around, something's going wrong. This messes up. This plan falls through. This is going wrong. That's being cursed. You understand? The curse. When thing, everything's going wrong and all your business, you know, things flop and, and your finances get messed up and, and, and your body's having problems and problem after problem after problem. That's the curse. We're not supposed to live like that. And the Bible says the curse causeless shall not come. If we're having problem after problem, we need to get down to business and seek God and say, Lord, what's wrong? We need to get our life straightened up here. Well, I mean, is, is there something we're not doing? Sometimes it's just a lack of knowledge. And then sometimes it's a failure to walk in the light that we do have. But, but either way, we, we're supposed to be a blessed people, not a cursed people. Poverty and lack is a curse. Mental anguish and torment is a curse. Hurting, being sick, and diseased is a curse. How many know a curse is a curse? is a curse. It doesn't change one day and become a blessing. The reason I say that is because sometimes people say, well, you know, I, you know, this is, maybe this is a blessing in disguise. <laughs> well, hey, if it's a curse, it is not a blessing. It's not a blessing in disguise or otherwise. It's a curse. Amen. A curse is a curse. A blessing is a blessing. People try to get, you know, philosophical and theological and say, well, you just, you know, you don't really know whether, I mean, it might be a, might be a blessing. <laughs> and sometimes when people get blessed, they think, well, you know, this may be a curse, you know. <laughs> well, no, if it's, if it's a good thing, every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness. Amen. No change. No shadow of turning. When He gives you something, it's a blessing. Don't worry about it just transforming into a curse overnight. You understand? It's, it's a blessing. It'll always be a blessing. And sometimes people say, well, we don't really know enough to know what we need. Well, you know, people need to give, give human beings a little more credit than what they do. God created us intelligent beings. Amen? Not just helpless pawns pushed along in the sea of life. No, he gave us intelligence to understand. We have enough sense to know when something's good and when something's bad. Are you listening? I mean, when you don't have any bills, I mean, when you don't have money to pay all your bills with, and you're laying there awake and trying to think about how you're going, is that a blessing? Anybody with any sense knows that is not a blessing. Right? When you're hurting, and it's hard for you to concentrate on anything because you got pain, or because you got a disease that's threatening to cut your life short. Anybody with any sense knows that is not a blessing. That's a curse. Amen. And I realize that people have you know, concocted different doctrines that propagate some of those ideas, I said, but it's still true. I mean, any intelligent thinking person would realize that that is not a blessing. That is a curse. And thank God we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Amen. Listen, are you there in Deuteronomy 28? We, we, we told you that we were going to go over in some of these uh, verses and uh, bring out some other phrases from other translations, because uh, I know that I did for the first many times that I read these portions, I uh, I read over some things. Because some of these words are, are old English words, and sometimes you read them and you, you don't get you know don't get it at first look what it's saying to you. But if you take some of these other translations and look at them, then it becomes more and more apparent to you. And I found out that the more specific you get in your understanding, then you get a firmer grip and hold on it with your faith. Amen. You, you, you don't believe beyond actual revelation knowledge of Scripture. And so the more specific you, you, your revelation and the more fully you understand something, the firmer grip you get a hold of it, you see. 
And it's just good to, to search things out and find out what exactly they're saying to you. We begin over in, in verse uh, 21. And of course, all of this latter part of this chapter deals with the curse of the law. But we're not looking at the, at the whole of the curse. We're just looking at the parts of the curse that involve physical problems. And the good news about this is that anything we find in this portion of this chapter is a part of the curse of the law. What does that, what does that let us know? We've been redeemed from it. If we can find it in here, then we know we've been redeemed from it. We know we don't have to have it. Is that right? In verse 21, it mentioned pestilence. And we said to you that pestilence means disease. Different kinds of disease, you see. And then later on, we looked at the word consumption. We said consumption is tuberculosis and wasting disease, and infectious diseases. Also, we, we saw where it mentioned fever, inflammation, and extreme burning. Now, all these things have to do with different kinds of, uh, of infections, one translation said. One, one talked about different kinds of fevers. Two translations mentioned influenza and colds. Well, now, you know, the, those things have to do with, uh, with infections, germs, you know, and infections, and fever. Uh, anything that's related to, to infections or fever is covered in these three words, inflammation, fever, and extreme burning. Anything from malarial fever down to the simple operation of colds and flus. Now, uh, we said to you, you know, when you start talking about something like that, colds and flus, sometimes people say, oh, now, Brother Keith, I don't know, you know, if we could really believe God and not have colds and flus. Well, one thing you got to understand, just because you hear some of these things doesn't mean that it's established in your heart. You have to meditate upon them and get them built into your spirit. If you're programmed to think a certain way for years, then you have to get your mind renewed. And I know that, you know, that even after I'd heard some of these things preached for several times, I still, you know, uh, had, had, uh, colds and, and problems regularly. And, and, and I began to seek the Lord to help me to see. And I realized that in connection with some of these things, uh, you, you have to observe other things, other, other natural rules as well. And I, I began to see a pattern that when I'd have the most problems with sniffles and things like that, is when I'd let myself get run down. Spiritually. And physically. See, not, not taking time to feed on the Word maybe as much as I should. And not spending time with the, with the Lord, you know. Because the Bible says when you wait on the Lord, you renew your strength. And the Bible says the strong spirit of a man will sustain him, even in bodily pain and trouble. So even in these things, a key to maintaining good health is staying built up spiritually. Amen. And all of us, you see, are, if we're not careful... Uh, are prone to get too busy with this or too busy with that and, and maybe push yourself a little bit too hard with natural things and run ourselves down a little bit and make ourselves susceptible to some of these things. But the more we learn how to be led and the keep, more we keep ourselves built up, I just believe the less trouble we'll have with some of these things. I don't just believe it, I know it. I know it from my own past experience the last several years. I've had a lot less trouble for the last few years than I had, you know, with well, the last year or so, I'll say, especially last couple of years than I had prior to that. Thank God. How, how many understand what I'm saying? You, you need to just keep meditating on these things and, and thinking about them and getting them built into your spirit. And the more faith you have in them and the more you observe them, then the less trouble you'll have with some of these things. And the real acid test of faith is when you're right in the middle of symptoms. Amen. You, you, I mean, you got the symptoms. They're all around. And when you can stand up in the middle of that and say, I don't care what I see. I don't care what I feel. I'm redeemed. Amen. Amen. I am redeemed. Amen. So I said, well, what would you do, Brother Keith, you know, if you, if you had a bunch of symptoms today? You know, what if you're coughing and sneezing and, and all that? Well, I'd bring me some tissues up here in the pulpit. <laughs> Amen. And if I got to coughing, I'd say, excuse me. And as soon as I got through coughing, I'd finish my sermon. Amen. The word's true. You see, that, I mean, that's the time when you really have to stand is when you've got symptoms, you see. When things are contradicting what you believe, that doesn't change the Bible and it doesn't change your believing. You just keep standing on the Word of God. Amen. So we saw that. And skipping on down to verse 27, we saw that the botch of Egypt is part of the curse of the law. And we said to you, you wouldn't even have to know what that is to know that you're glad you don't have to have the botch of Egypt. Isn't that right? Everybody say, thank God. Thank God. I'm redeemed from the botch. 
We said to you that other translations bring out that the botch of Egypt has to do with burning sores, boils, ulcers, and inflammatory diseases. See, anything that would have to do with sores and boils. And see, when we think of ulcers, like we said so many times you mentioned ulcer, people think of something in, internally, and you can have ulcers internally. You can also have ulcers on your skin. It's talking about a sore and an open a sore and a boil. Thank God you've been redeemed. Amen. You've been redeemed. You don't, you don't have to have that. Jesus paid the price so you wouldn't have to have that. Verse, uh, verse 27, it also says, And the emeralds. We said to you that several translations say hemorrhoids. Different ones say uh, swellings in the groin, sores, piles, ulcers. And we said one, two, three, four, five, six, seven translations say tumors. Highly respected translations like the NIV, New American, Beck, Moffitt's, different ones. They all say tumors. Well, you hear a lot about tumors nowadays. How many glad you've been redeemed from tumors? Thank God, you don't have to have tumors. And if a tumor's in your body, it has to leave. Amen. Now, you know, you might say, well, you know, well, it's already there, though. How could it leave? Hey, there's been all kind of cases. All kind of cases where tumors left. I know personally, personally, of several cases where tumors uh, left. I know uh, two, two, in, two cases I'm thinking about right now. Uh, one of them, I laid hands on an individual and cursed the tumor. And within three days' time, it was completely gone. Three days' time. Another individual, I remember laying hands on them and praying for them. And uh, they fell on the floor. And when they got up, it was gone. Instantly. Amen. You, you've seen, I've seen it work both ways. Where that somebody, you know, instantaneously, it was gone. Remember out, out in L.A. we were having a meeting one time and that happened, you know. And then I, uh, in, in town here one time, uh, instantly it was gone. Several times I've seen though where people were ministered to and the thing just began to get smaller and smaller and over a period of days or whatever, just smaller and smaller until you couldn't, you couldn't see any sign of it anymore. Well, God can do that. I said, God can do that. Amen. Your body can absorb that extra matter and eliminate it from your system and you can be free from it. Just like the thing started real small and grew bigger and bigger, it can begin to get smaller and smaller and be consumed. Amen. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've been redeemed from tumors. Can you say amen? amen? You don't have to have that. Anything we see in here is a part of the curse of the law and according to Galatians 3.13, we've been redeemed. From the curse of the law. Now, the last thing we were talking about here was the scab and the itch. Aren't you glad you've been redeemed from the itch? <laughs> oh, thank God. And uh, we, we said that the, the other translations of these verses say scurvy, eczema. Now, we're familiar with that word, aren't we? Eczema has to do with the skin condition where the skin gets inflamed and dries out and is in a rash-like and hive-like condition. It also, one translation, the Septuagint translation, a highly respected translation, says malignant scab. Now, that would be what we would call skin cancer. Aren't you glad you've been redeemed from skin cancer? Thank God we have been. And the NIV says festering sores. Now, under itch, we, we, we saw it said skin eruptions, skin diseases, incurable itch. Basically, between this word scab and itch, he's talking about any kind of skin condition and allergic reaction and problems. And boy, there's a whole host of those. I made mention of the fact how that I, I suffered from some of those things for, for several years as a child growing up. I mean, every year. Have to get medication every year. Try to get over it. And I mean, just, you know, just a major problem. Until, thank God, got a hold of some of these things. Amen. And began to stand on the Word and believe God. And hadn't been bothered with it for years. But uh, it doesn't make any difference what it is. I mean, I, and when I was trying to get over some of those things as, as a boy, we'd go to different skin specialists and whatever. And I mean, it's a real guessing game. A lot of times they want to mark off a section of your back and take little needles and stuff and just try different things to see what you're going to get a reaction to. And it's a real process of elimination. 
And a lot of times, even at that, I've seen people that went through all kind of stuff to finally find out they are allergic to the air. Now, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> allergic to people. Well, allergic to clothes. All kinds of different materials. Well, friend, you got to wear clothes. And you got to breathe the air. Isn't that right? And you got to deal with people. So what's the answer? The answer is not, you know, uh, trying to become a hermit somewhere and live an isolated life. No, the answer is believing God. Amen? And getting healed. I've dealt with more than one, uh, one case of individuals that, that had tremendous problems in these areas. I've had people that came to healing school with masks on and gloves on. That's right. And, you, and, and, and we're afraid to get close to you. I mean, they told me I'm allergic to everything. They had almost starved to death because everything they said, well, everything I try to eat, I'm allergic to. And you know, a lot of times what happens in these areas, people get into fear. Like we mentioned, people get into fear and they're afraid that everything's going to hurt them. And like we said to you, you need to do the best you know how to do. And if you know that something's bothering you and you can avoid it without a lot of problems, then do so. But other than that, you, you, you have to live here. Amen. And you just believe God against other things that you can't have any control over. You've been redeemed. I said you've been redeemed from these things. Now, uh, getting down to verse 28, this is where we left off. In verse 28 it says, uh, uh, it mentions madness, blindness, and astonishment of heart. All these things are part of the curse of the law. Well, madness, other translations say insanity, and losing your mind. I, I don't know about you, that blesses me. Because whatever you find in here, what does it mean? I've been redeemed from it. I don't ever have to go insane. I don't have to ever have to uh, ever have to fear that I'm going to lose my mind. You know that that's that's what happens so many times when people do lose their mind. The devil comes to them. At certain points, they get you know they begin to be obsessed with certain kinds of thinking and yield themselves to things that are wrong. And at one point, the devil will begin telling them, "You're losing your mind. You're losing your mind." And they begin to get in fear, you see, and give place to some of these things. You should never be afraid that you're going to go insane. You ought, you, ought to, you ought to assert some of these things, you know, firmly uh, in faith until it gets built up in your spirit. Just say that loud with me right now. Just say, uh, thank, God, thank God, I'll never lose my mind. I will never go insane. See, these things are part of the curse of the law. And according to Galatians 3.13, I've been redeemed from the curse, curse of the law. He's, when he says astonishment of heart... Uh, other translations bring out this. One of them says confusion of mind, bewilderment, being distracted and being crazed in the wits, fear and panic and imbecility. Well, all these have to do with mental and emotional trauma, doesn't it? Did you know you're redeemed from that? Just like physical things. You re uh, that, that's a curse, isn't it? Dear Lord, what a curse. I've worked with some folk before that, that were just, you know, I've had some of them look at me and say, man, I'd rather have a terminal disease of some kind than this. I'd rather have to deal with that than, than the mental anguish and torment that they had been going through. And I could see some of what they meant. Oh, dear God, it's, it's, it's a living nightmare to be tormented in your mind like some people are. But the thing is, if they only realized and would receive it, Jesus has redeemed us from these things. We don't have to have that. We, we were sold unto it because of our own sins, but thank God Jesus bought us back so that it has no right and power over us anymore to those who believe and walk with Him. Thank God you've been redeemed from confusion of mind and bewilderment and distraction and imbecility and fear and panic. You don't have to live that kind of life. Thank God you can have the peace that passes all understanding. Amen? That's, that's a blessed life, isn't it? And, you know, it's, it's not just a matter of confessing that you're redeemed, but it's also a matter of controlling your mind, isn't it? You know, the Word says in Isaiah 26, He said, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. The reason people get into trouble so many times is they let themselves think on things that they shouldn't be thinking on. You know, we need to come to the realization that we, we're to consecrate our minds just like we're to consecrate our bodies. 
I mean, most folk know as Christians that you're not supposed to yield your body to every impulse and feeling and appetite that you have. Is that right? Just because your body has a, a desire toward something, you're not supposed to just let it go. You're supposed to control. Isn't that right? And not just let your flesh do anything that it wants to do. But some people have not realized that it is wrong to let, just as wrong if not even more, to let your mind just think on anything that comes along. You're not supposed to let your mind just wander and think on any and everything any more than you're to let your flesh just do any and everything. And a real key to deliverance is mind control. I don't care how, how bad off somebody might be and how oppressed they might be, if they're going to be permanently free, they're going to have to learn how to control their mind and not think on those things that got them in trouble in the first place. Somebody might help them with their authority, get temporary relief, but if you're going to get permanently free, you've got to learn how to control your own mind and not think on those wrong things. Didn't the Bible say, you know, uh, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtuous, praiseworthy, think, think on these things. Keep your mind on the right thing. That's certainly true concerning healing, isn't it? So you can't go around day and night and think about your problems. And think about the, you know, how that maybe the prognosis is that you're going to get worse and, and that this and that. You can't let yourself think on that and stay in faith. It'll get you out of faith. You got to keep your mind on, by his stripes I'm healed. You got to keep your mind on, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. You got to keep your mind on, I will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord with a long life. He'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. You got to keep your mind on the right things. And it's, you know, it's, it's fairly easy to tell what people are keeping their mind on. Just look them real straight in the face. Amen. If you're thinking on the right thing, it's going to give you peace and joy. If you're thinking on the wrong thing, it's going to bring you down. It's going to make you depressed. It's going to make you anxious. It's the truth. It's still hard to figure out what people have been thinking on. You might not know exactly what they've been thinking on, but you can tell the caliber of it whether it's good or bad, just by looking at them a little bit and listening to them just a little bit, you can see readily that they've been meditating on the wrong thing or the right thing. It's amazing how, how thinking on the wrong thing affects you or how thinking on the right thing affects you. Just getting your mind and making it think on the right thing does wonders for you. Now, we've been delivered from these things concerning mind afflictions. Now, going on down to verse 35, let's look at some more physical problems. That the, that the, are included by name in the curse of the law. Verse 35 says, The Lord shall smite thee in the knees and in the legs. Now, like we said before, when it says the Lord shall smite thee, you have to understand some things about judgment to realize that, uh, uh, we're talking about judgment that is passed that allows the destroyer access. And again, the problem was that people wouldn't hear and do the, the words of God. But knee problems and leg problems are included in the curse of the law. Aren't they? Do you see that? Uh, you know, without, without going, I mean, you, you don't really need a lot of other translations for that one. I mean, how many know what a knee is? And a leg is, I mean, if you've got problems in your legs or your knees, then uh, you've been redeemed. You need to hook, take hold of that and say, you, you can just say it like this. You can say, according to Deuteronomy 28, 35, problems in the knees and legs are part of the curse of the law. And according to Galatians 3, 13, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Therefore, I'm redeemed, bought back, free from knee and leg problems. So knees and legs, you have to straighten up. You have to come in line with the word of God. I'm redeemed. I don't have to have that. Believe it. Say it. Stand on it. Amen. Don't change from day to day. Stand on it. Day in, day out. Week in, week out. And you'll see them begin to, uh, to change. Now, in connection with that, you need to, if, you, if you're in faith about something, the Bible said faith calls those things which be not as though they were. And you, you need to begin. You know, the Bible said let the weak say what? I'm strong. And so if you've got problems in your legs or knees, you need to begin to talk and call your legs and knees strong instead of talking about their weakness all the time. A lot of times that's the first thing you have to get folk to change in order to get them helped in those areas. I've talked with people before and they said, well, you know, I just got this old bad knee. You know, I heard it playing this game or that game years ago, you know, or I fell and twisted my ankle or whatever and just got a bad ankle, a bum knee. 
bum leg, bad knee. Bad. Well, you, you're going to have to quit talking like that. You, you, you have to quit that. Well, that's, that's my bad leg. What, what, do you, what do you mean bad? You can't call it bad if you want it to be healed and strong. Well, that's my weak one. That's my weak knee. And see, people don't realize that they're in the habit of talking like that, but their words are defeating them. Their words are, in, in, you know, they, they go up in prayer. Have you pray? But what they don't realize is even though you pray a good prayer, and even though your ministry might be effective at the moment, you undo it. You undo your prayer, you undo those things by the unbelief released through those kind of statements. Had a guy one time come to me, had problems with his eyes, and I was talking to him about it, and he said, uh, he said, he said, it's just uh, uh, my tear ducts. He said, they don't work right. I don't know what's wrong with them, but they, they, just, they don't work right. And, you know, when I, when I need to, uh, my eyes need to be lubricated or whatever, they just don't work right. They, they, the ducts don't work right. He must have said it a dozen times. The tear ducts don't work right. And I just stopped, you know, and I said, uh, how long you been saying that? He said, what? I said, how long you been saying your tear ducts don't work right? He said, uh, oh, for several years. And I said, how long have they hadn't worked right? He said, several years. I said, well, I said, it's working. He got what I was talking about. I said, you're going to have to start calling them proper and normal. Amen. You're going to have to start calling those tear ducts healed. Calling it that way. And see, not just when you're in church and not just when you're around your charismatic friends or a minister. You have to do it consistently, especially when nobody's around. Focus in on that area. Amen. Call it strong. Call it strong. If, if you've got a body part that, that's been a weakness in your life, if you'll focus in on it and stay with it and talk right about it and believe God and expect things to change, that can become a strong point in your physical body. It can change. I've seen it happen. It can change. Amen. I remember, uh, uh, well, this has been three or four years ago. Uh, several years before that, I had been much involved in certain physical activities. And then I'd been out for a little while. And you know what happens when you're out for a while. You don't, you don't do much. And I got back involved in some of those things. And my mind remembered exactly how to do certain things. But my body had forgotten and uh, and I tried to do some things, and I really knew better. I really knew better than to push myself the way I was. How many know what I'm talking about? You 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 really know better. But but I was I was going to do it anyway. And uh, I got to a certain thing, and I pushed myself, hyperextended both knees. Now, if you've never done that, that hurts. Oh, it hurts. It's just, it's when you know you, when 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 your when your arm or your leg goes out and it goes out as far as it can. That's supposed to be the end of the motion. But you can push it further than that and cause the joint to come out, you see. And oh, that hurts. Well, I could hardly walk, man. I really needed a wheelchair, you know. <laughs> I was in bad shape. And uh, people, people have serious problems over things like that. They have to have surgeries and sometimes multiple surgeries, you know, and, and are, it's with them a long time, the rest of their life. And I didn't want that, and I wasn't looking at that. First thing I had to do was, guess what? Repent. I had, to, I had to say, oh, God, I was a dummy. Stupid. Dumb. dumb. No excuse. Just just dumb. Would you have mercy on me and help me? Amen. Asked him to, to, to minister to my knees and my legs and help me. I'm not joking. I had a problem with them. I mean, they hurt. Oh, boy. I could barely walk, you know. Really needed crutches or a wheelchair or something, you know. And you just, you, you looked for every excuse to sit down. You, you didn't want to stand or, or walk. But, uh, but, but as soon as I did, as soon as I repented and I knew I had that business straightened out and I, and I prayed and asked the Lord to help me and restore me, you know what I immediately did after that? I started calling those knees strong. Amen. I, I gave them, I gave them names. Mr. Right Strong Knee. Mr. Healed Knee. Amen. And God's my witness, within a few days' time, they were perfectly normal and healed. I've never had a problem with them since. Never had an ache or a pain. The Lord was good to me. Amen. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? You have, to, you have to rename it. If you've been calling something weak, you're going to have to rename it. Amen. Don't call it weak anymore. Call it strong if you're going to get in faith about it. Knee problems, leg problems, uh, those kind of things uh, are mentioned here. He went on to say, with a sore botch. You'll be struck with a sore botch. There's that botch again. That cannot be healed from the sole of your foot to the top of your head. 
Well, now, how much does that include? What, what territory does that include? That's everything. Sole of your foot to the top of your head. Now, the sore botch, listen to other translations. Uh, it, again, it brings up the word boils. And it says grievous boils, malignant boils, incurable boils. Another one says foul scabs past all remedy. Ulcers, bad ulcers, very sore ulcers. How many glad you've been redeemed from, from these things? Thank God. Now, now that covers what territory? From the top of the head to the soles of the feet. We've been redeemed from all these things. Thank God that sacks me. I don't have to have that. Amen. I don't have to have that. Now see, you need to get this built up in your spirit so strong. That if anything like this ever starts to appear on your body, I mean, you jump on it. Out of my body. Amen. Amen. And you know, you'll have a lot less trouble with something if when you, when it first starts to show up, you hit it hard with everything that you got. One reason why a lot of times people have trouble with stuff is they let stuff get a real stronghold in them before they ever start resisting it. That's a mistake. I mean, you need to, you, you know, I've learned just that we, we were talking about colds a while ago and those kind of things. And I've learned, you know, you, you, as you, as, I guess as you grow older, if you pay attention, especially, and as time passes, you should begin to learn, uh, to be more sensitive to your body. And you begin to learn little telltale signs and things. And I can tell a lot of times if it feels like I'm trying to take a cold or something, you see. Uh, little symptoms, little, little bit of weakness you feel, little bit of what disorientation or, you know, different things. A little, little, little scratchy throat. Just, just a little bitty, when it first starts. You know, you know what I'm talking about. The very first inkling of it. Instead of just getting in fear. Or instead of just pretending that nothing's going on, deal with it. Amen. I mean, start speaking to start calling your immune system strong. Amen. Start speaking over yourself. Start thanking God that you're healed and whole. Start thanking God that you're redeemed. Instead of just pretending. Or instead of getting in fear and going, oh no, here I'm going to have a bunch of problems. And you know, even if you don't say it, a lot of times people think it. You know, they wouldn't come out and say, I'm taking a cold. They know, they know better than that. They've learned that much, but they think it. They think, you know, oh no. Here it comes, you know. <laughs> no, uh, resist it. At the first sight of it, the first inkling, resist it. I mean, jump on it with both feet. You know what I mean by that? And you'll have less trouble with it. You, you'll, get, you'll get the start on it instead of, instead, of, instead of it getting a start on you. Now, let's go on to look at some other points here. Uh, down in verse 59, we really begin to get into some things here that are really comprehensive. In verse 59... It says this, it says, uh, uh, Then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful. Now, uh, that may sound funny to us today, but wonderful means they'd be so terrible they'd make you wonder. Horrible plagues, in other words. And he says, The plagues of thy seed, even great plagues and of long continuance, and sore sicknesses and of long continuance. Now, other translations say extraordinary afflictions, unimaginable plagues, amazing plagues. Now here's, the, here's something I really want you to notice. Plagues on you and your seed. Plagues on you and on your descendants, one says. On you and on your offspring. Strokes on you and strokes on your seed, one translation says. Now, what do we see here? We see here what we would call uh, hereditary problems. Things that are passed down from generation to generation. Well, there's quite a lot of talk about that today, isn't it? I mean, a lot of talk. So many people just resign themselves to things because they say, well, it's in the genes. How many know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Mom had high blood pressure. Grandma had high blood pressure. So when you get a certain age and certain symptoms show up, you're not really surprised because it runs in the family. But the thing is, a lot of times people will just, just yield to things and just let them ravage their system and destroy them and kill them. Well, uncle so-and-so had a heart attack at a certain age and, 
and dad, you know, he had these problems and this relative had this problem and, and you're not surprised if it shows up in you. You should be. I said you should be and you should resist it with everything that's within you. Because according to this verse of Scripture, things that are passed down from parent to child, from generation to generation, they are part of the curse of the law. Is that right? And according to Galatians 3.13, thank God, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. We've been redeemed from from a, a disposition to inherit a certain problem or sickness or disease. Now, you know, the devil really works this area. He really does. In, in all kind of things. You know, if, if, uh, if a relative of yours, uh, had a problem, uh, uh, cancer or tumor or if somebody died with a certain thing, the devil will try to plant a seed in you. And of course, you hear things about this runs in the family and that runs in the family. This runs in the family and that runs in the family. And if he, and he tries to get a seed in you of fear. Because remember, fear opens the door. Fear makes you subject to bondage. Now, I'll tell you, there's a couple of areas you could touch on here. Number one, like we're saying, is what you believe. How you think as to whether you're open to things or are are closed to them. But another thing is this. Not only are some things, you know, physically, can, can physically be inherited, but so many times people not only, you know, inherit things genetically, they inherit uh, ways of thinking and they inherit lifestyle practices. Amen. Which in turn affects their health. Sometimes it's not altogether just the fact that somebody has inherited something genetically, but it's the fact that they live and eat and act and think like mom and dad and grandpa and grandma did too. You understand what I'm saying? Some problems are the result of breaking natural laws. Amen. Being uh, overweight. Eating too much fat. Eating too much sodium. Not getting enough exercise. You do that year after year after year. It taxes your system. Opens you up to problems. Now, sometimes folks don't like you to talk about those things, so they, they, they just want to make a good confession and forget about all that. But there are things there to observe, too. Amen. I've seen people, bless their hearts, and, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm not picking on somebody else. This is my family I'm talking about. My family. I've seen some of my own relatives. Overweight. Several of my, several of my, uh, relatives on, on my dad's side of the family are overweight. Not just a little bit. A lot. <laughs> Big guys. Not just tall either. Big ladies. And uh, uh, I, I saw one of them, you know, they were, they were uh, having a, a, a big meal of certain kinds of pork dishes and fatty pork dishes and, and different things. And one of them was, was suffering severe problems with blood pressure. And severe problems with some other things. I mean, just, you know, just making it. And I heard them say, they, 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 the doctor had told them all the salty foods and a lot of that, and a lot of the pork and a lot of those things were off of their diet, you know, and they weren't supposed to touch them. Cause, you know, you know what salt to do to already high blood pressure, you know. And, uh, and I heard them say with my own ears, they said, well, I know I ought not to, you know, but I'm going to eat a bunch of that if it kills me. My, my, my. Now, you know, a lot of folk didn't necessarily say that, but they might as well have. I said, they might as well have. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And see, it's not, it's not altogether just, you know, maybe some bad practices there, but it's, it's that coupled with total inactivity. <laughs> folk do nothing. Just sit around. Are you listening? And do nothing. Well, you, you, you couple those things together and you're going to set yourself up for problems. Serious problems. And sometimes people inherit some of that thinking and some of those practices from their parents and grandparents. Perpetuated on down through the line. So, I mean, there's several factors we could look at here, isn't it? 
I mean, see, that's, that's not just altogether genetically. That's learned things. Isn't that right? And you, that part of that's getting your mind renewed and thinking right, doing what the Lord leads you to do, doing what you know to do, doing the best you know how to do to take care of yourself. But then if you get down to something that it's not a matter of whether you take care of yourself or not, it's a matter of something genetically, then thank God you can believe God against that based on these scriptures right here. Amen? You can believe God against it based on these scriptures right here. I know my, uh, my, my family has had a history of high blood pressure on my dad's side. My granddad had tremendously high blood pressure. And, uh, uh, I noticed that even as a young man, I'd have real high blood pressure sometimes. And I learned a few little things to do, some things concerning my diet. I can just, I can just tell instinctively. You know, if I eat too much of a certain thing or whatever, it affects me. I, I, I can tell it. And see, if, if you know that and don't observe it, well, you're foolish. And in connection with, you know, doing what you know to do and then confessing the word with that and believing God against any problems, you just, you wouldn't have to have any problems. Amen. I, I, you know, some of the things that I, that I have seen there, I just, you know, I, I don't expect any problems at all. Not now. If the Lord tears is coming, not 50 years from now. Amen. Just because you, just because you age doesn't mean you automatically have to contract problems. Amen. No, sir. No, ma'am. Some people, they want to argue with that and they say, well, young man, that's all right. You'll find out. <laughs> You'll see. No, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. You, you can't make me believe it. Now, now certainly, as you, when you age, uh, you know, you, you, you're not going to be the same at 85 as you were at 21. Okay? There's going to be a difference. But to say that you're incapacitated, weak, plagued with a bunch of problems, no sir, no ma'am, I don't believe you have to have that. No. Besides that, I've got living, living cases in front of me. Amen. People like Brother Hagin. People like Lester Summerall. Are you listening? Men that, that are, you know, that, that are getting older now, but strong and healthy. Amen. I've, I've been on crusades with Brother Hagin. And I tell you, he, he keeps a pace that'd make a young man tired. Are you listening? You know, just meetings and, and just going and doing things. And I've, I've watched people like Lester Summerall. Man, I mean, just fly all over the country and preach all over the place and write books at the same time. Stay up all hours of the night and get up early and go somewhere. You think, well, how does he do it, you know? When other people have been retired for years. By his age, you see. No, a lot of times people just, they, they believe lies. They sell themselves short. Some people begin to think, well, you get a certain age, you just, well, to expect to start falling apart. Things quit working, you know. No, no, no. <laughs> you can enjoy good health. Amen. Certainly you'll get older. Certainly some things will change. And you realize you're not, you know, uh, you might can't run the mile like you used to. Or, you understand what I'm saying? You, or whatever the case might be. But that doesn't mean that you have, you're going to have to be confined to a rocking chair somewhere with a whole host of aches and pains and problems and, and exist with an existence that's not really worth living, you see. Just a low quality of life. No, sir, no, ma'am. You don't have to have that. You've been redeemed. I said you've been redeemed. Don't let the devil sell you a bunch of things that because mama had this or daddy had this or grandma, grandpa or an aunt or uncle that runs in your family, you have to have it. Don't you believe it. Don't you accept it. You, I mean, if any, any symptoms of that kind of thing shows up and that thought comes to your mind, well, this runs in your family, you just well to get used to it. You say, no, no. According to Deuteronomy 28, 29, problems that are passed down from generation to generation are part of the curse of the law. Amen. See, you know, plagues upon you and your seed. And according to Galatians 3.13, I've been redeemed from that. So I don't have to have it. Jesus bought me back from it. Now he goes on to say in verse, uh, verse 59, he says, sore sickness, sickness of long continuance, and sore sicknesses. Now, uh, listen to these uh, translations. One of them says, severe and lingering illness. Grievous sicknesses of long duration. Severe, prolonged diseases. You know, I've heard some folk, you know, pose these ideas and say, well, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe the Lord's will to heal you, but not right now. You know, 
uh, he, he's working something out, you see, through this prolonged situation. But that can't be so. I said that can't be so according to this verse. Long-lasting problems, long-lasting uh, uh, situations are part of the curse of the law. Is that right? Now, you, you know, we need to think about this. I, I have talked with people and dealt with people before that had a wrong concept about their healing. You could tell, even though they, they didn't really realize it, you could tell they had already made it up in their mind that it's going to take me a long time to get my healing. I've run across that many times, not once or twice. The person didn't expect for their symptoms to be gone in a short period of time. They didn't. They expected it to be a long, drawn-out ordeal. And friend, if that's what you expect, you're not going to get any more than that. You need to understand that God wants you whole now. Amen. He does not want you to be drugged through the ringer of some tormenting problem for another month or six months. He wants you healed now. He wants you, he wanted you whole 2,000 years ago when he was scourged for you and took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses. He is not now trying to put things off into the future and prolong things that he's already paid the price for. No. Don't you ever plan for something to be long in coming to you as far as blessings. Now you gotta have the patience to stand and persevere as long as it takes. But don't you plan and say, well, you know, this this probably going to take a long time. No, get that out of your thinking. Amen. Expect results now. Amen. How many of you live in now? When tomorrow gets here, what will it be? Now. Is that right? When should you expect changes in results? Now. When is that? Well, you said that was now. What's now? Now. Ten minutes from now, what will it be? When we get there, it'll be now. When should you expect changes in results? Now. Have you got that? Now. Not tomorrow. Never tomorrow. No. Tomorrow never comes. When tomorrow gets here, what is it? And where is tomorrow? <laughs> some of you, some of you hadn't got it yet. How many realize that tomorrow is never now? Right? When we get, when we get there, what will it be? Now, and tomorrow will still be in the future. You never do anything tomorrow. <laughs> is that right? When you do something, when do you do it? Now. Now, you may think that's silly or just to play on words, but there's some truth there that you need to get a hold of. See, a lot of people are going to read tomorrow, going to pray tomorrow, going to fast tomorrow, going to give tomorrow. <laughs> when tomorrow gets here, tomorrow is still, tomorrow will always be. <laughs> Sooner or later, if you're going to do anything, you got to do it when? Now, remember Hebrews eleven one. How many remember Hebrews eleven one? What does Hebrews eleven? What does it say? Now, faith will be. No, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When do you, when are you in faith? If you're not in faith now, you're not in faith yet. If you're in faith. You're believing you've received when? Oh, that's weak. That's, that's bad weak. If you're in faith and you believe and you've received, you believe you received when? Now. You're expecting results in your body when? Now. And even, even if, even if some time passes and you don't see it yet, when are you expecting? Now. Because it's still now. You get a hold of that, that'll help you. It'll help you. Amen. 
Got to watch about the tomorrow stuff. Well, we're going to get it sometime. Faith believes it's received. Faith believes it's mine right now. Even though I don't see it and feel it. And faith expects to feel it and see it now. Amen. You're looking and checking all the time. It's got to come. Amen. You're not discouraged if you don't see it in three seconds because it's still now. And that's when you're expecting. Amen. Spiritual things shouldn't be affected by time. The Word of God's timeless. God's not affected by time. When you believe you receive, that's it. Count it done. No, things that are of long continuance, things that go on and on and on and on, that is not God's will. God does not want you to suffer prolonged illnesses for any reason. People try to spiritualize things and say, well, you know, maybe it's God's will for you to be healed, but He's going, you know, He just wants you to keep this for a while. Later on down the road, He's going to heal you and whatever. No, uh-uh, that's not right. Can't be right because prolonged illnesses, things of long continuance, according to Deuteronomy 28.59, are part of the curse of the law. And according to Galatians 3.13, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Now he goes on in verse 60 to say, Moreover, he will bring upon thee all the diseases of Egypt, which thou wast afraid of, and shall cleave unto thee. Now you know, you, if you, you did some research, you could find out about all the diseases they had in Egypt. And you could make another long list there. But the thing I think that, that we should emphasize here is he said the ones you were what? Afraid of. Now that's important, isn't it? Now I mean that really zeroes in, doesn't it? Because that, see, that was the ones they had seen. They had been there. That was the ones they had heard about and the ones they had seen and they were afraid of them. And that's the way it is with humanity. See, the thing that's in the news the most thing that you hear about, thing that you see, that's what you, you, you have to watch about getting in fear over. Remember, fear makes you subject to bondage. Fear opens the door. When the thought comes to your mind, well, well, you may get that. Or you may have that. You need to close the door. Somebody said, what if, what if, what if some of it's already there? It'll have to leave. Amen. Close the, just slam the door to it and say, no. If you, if you don't know of any problems that you have, you just slam the door and say, no, mm -mm, mm -mm, I don't have that. I'm not going to get it. Now, so you start talking like that, and, and religious folk have big problems with that. No, I don't have that, and I'm not going to get it. Even if you know for a fact that you've got some things in your body, you just stand your ground and say, I'm redeemed. It has no right to be here. It has to leave. Amen. In Jesus' name, it has to go. I'm not expecting to get worse. I'm not expecting for this thing to take me out. I'm redeemed. And I don't mean just talk it, you believe it. You don't just say it one day and say something else the next day. You say it consistently. But if you stand up and say, no, no, uh-uh, that won't happen to me. No, sir, no, ma'am. I'm redeemed from that. I don't have to have that. A lot of times folk will go, oh, I wouldn't say that if I were you. <laughs> uh, you just, You just never know. Well, see, if you just never know, it means you don't believe this. And you're not in faith. You, you have to get this built into your spirit. You need, you, until you can say things boldly. I'll never have that. Amen. I'm not going to die with cancer. Are you listening? I'm not going to have that. When a thought comes to your mind, well, what, what if you get this? Or what if you get that? I'm not going to have it. No. Even if it, even it, even if it comes and tries to attach itself to my body, I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to have it. Did you hear me? Do you understand? You got to get this strong in your spirit. You can't be weak about this. Well, I wish this wasn't here. Well, it don't leave by wishing. Well, I didn't, I didn't ask for it. Why did it come? You, you got to stomp your foot. So your house, excuse me, your body is the house of God. Your body is the tabernacle, the temple of the Holy Ghost, and you're the custodian. Amen. And if something wrong comes in the tabernacle, it's your job to stomp your foot 
and say, in Jesus' name, get out. Amen. Not somebody else's job. It's your job. I mean, you know, if we, if we have somebody down in the, in the, uh, uh, RCA, that's our, our church auditorium down here. And, uh, we say, well, now we're going to post you down here and you make sure we got everything clean, everything's nice. We want you to make sure it stays that way. And we come in the next day and all the ducks from the pond have come in and all the stray dogs and cats in the community. Are you listening? And some folk that have been off the street are there in there with a campfire. <laughs> and you got the animals and, and, and all of the filth and everything, you know, just contaminating the place. And we walk in the door. What's one of the first things we want to know? <laughs> Where are the guys that we left in charge of this place? Is that right? That's why they're there. And we find them over in the corner. We got some questions for them. Isn't that right? We don't, you know, if you're smart, you don't just go in there and say, well, this must be the will of God. <laughs> Ducks and dogs and cats and hobos must, must be the will of God. God must have sent these things here for some purpose. No. 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 But you find the person that's supposed to be in charge and you say, hey, I thought we told you, keep an eye on this place. That's why you're here. How did these things get in here? Well, they just came in. Well, why did you let them? Uh, well, I didn't want them to be in. I wish they wouldn't come. <laughs> yeah, but it's your job to keep them out. Well, I... I wish they would leave. I don't want them here either. But you've got to make them leave. Now you understand that that's the way so many people do with their bodies. Something begins to affect them. Some, some work of the enemy comes into their body and begins to ravage their system. And they just sit around and go, I wish this wasn't here. I wish it wasn't. Well, you're the custodian of that body. It's your responsibility in the name of Jesus to resist that with every fiber of your being for you to put it on notice and say cancer, tumor, disease, heart problems, whatever the case might be, you are not going to stay in my body. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You can't stay here. I've been redeemed. He has bought me with a price. He bought my spirit and he bought my body. And you can't stay here. You're a work of the devil. You can't stay here, you foul disease. You've got to leave. Yeah. Amen. 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 You've got to get out. Amen. You put your foot down. Now see, one reason why a lot of people don't do that is because they don't believe it do any good. Well, what good would it do to talk to a disease? Dear Lord, they'll think you're crazy. They'll lock you up in somewhere. Hey, are you a Christian? Christian means like Christ. Follower of Jesus Christ. Is that right? Yes. Did Jesus ever talk to disease? Yes, yes He did. Jesus talked to trees. <laughs> he did. Jesus talked to wind and waves. Jesus talked to fevers. Jesus talked to wrong spirits that were causing people problems. You, things you couldn't see and hear and feel and touch. Didn't He? Over in Luke... You see where the Bible said Peter's mother-in-law was sick and had a great fever. Now, so that didn't mean she she just running a few degrees temperature. She she was delirious, probably near death. And the Bible said they besought the Lord for, and the Lord came and took her by the hand, looked at her, and you know what he said? The Bible said that he rebuked the fever. Didn't say he rebuked Peter's mother-in-law. She's probably nearly comatose. What did he do? Rebuked the fever. Now what does it mean to rebuke a fever? What's a rebuke? He must have said something like this. Fever, I rebuke you. Get out of the woman. Leave here. Now when I read that I thought, rebuked a fever. Rebuked the fever. Not the woman. Rebuked the fever. 
I thought, can fevers hear? And then I read the next phrase. It said, and immediately it left her. I thought, yeah, fevers can hear. Amen. And the Bible said she rose up well and ministered to him. Oh, praise God. Praise God. What's revelation? Fevers can hear. And then I began to think and I thought, if fevers can hear, I bet you cancers can hear. And tumors can hear. Are you listening? And all kinds of diseases. They can hear. But you've got to talk to them, don't you? Amen. That's what, that's what Mark 11, 23 is all about. How do remember Mark 11, 23? You ever heard of Mark 11, 23? Jesus said, Very, very, I say unto you, Whosoever will say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he will have whatsoever he saith. Some folk have misunderstood that. Did you know he didn't say, Whosoever will ask God, and, and, and pray and say, God, move the mountain. It's not what he said. Is it? Whosoever will beg and pray and cry and say, Oh God, make the mountain move. Oh God, make the mountain move. Do you see how some people have misplaced their efforts? They're praying and begging and asking God to make the mountain move. And what did the Lord Jesus tell us to do? He told us to speak to the mountain. That's not prayer. Now there's a time to pray. But this is not prayer. Didn't say anything about you talking to God. That, that verse didn't say anything about you asking God. He talks about later on in the, about prayer later on in that passage. But, but right there, he just says, whosoever will what? Say to the mountain. Well, the mountain is the big problem in your life. So we've got to learn, instead of just crying and praying and begging and crying and praying and begging, trying to make get God to do something about it, He told us to take the authority that we have in Jesus' name and in faith speak to the problem. Amen. You, you, you've got to look your problem right square in the face and say, Disease, I rebuke you. I command you to get out of my body in Jesus' name. Go. And the Bible said if you'd say that, and don't doubt in your heart. But believe that what you said come to pass, what will happen? You will have what you say. Friend, I don't care what's wrong. I don't care what kind of problem that you have. I don't care how long, how long it's been there. If you will speak to that thing in the name of Jesus Christ with faith in your heart and don't doubt, but believe that what you say comes to pass, it will have to obey. Tumors will have to shrink up and disappear. Disease will have to leave. I don't care what it is. It will have to go. But you've got to believe it. I said, you got to believe it. And you can't just wait for something else to come along and do it for you. You, you have to begin to speak to the thing. Amen. You speak to it. You say, this, 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 this body has been purchased, has been bought by the Lord Jesus Christ. This body is His. And there's not supposed to be works of the devil ravaging it and destroying it. Aging it prematurely and shortening its lifespan. This body is supposed to be used by the Lord for His work. Amen. To do what He wants me to do in life. To aid and benefit the kingdom of God. It is not supposed to be a habitation for the works of the enemy. So, when something comes and tries to fix itself in your physical dwelling, then it's your place to stand up and run that thing out. Amen. And you don't do it with a physical stick. You do it with the rod of your authority. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. And you just stay with it. You stay with it till it's gone. Amen. You stay on it till it's gone. Anytime it shows up or tries to raise its head again, you say, I told you, you've got to go. And out you go. Amen. You're not staying in my body. You can't flourish in my body. You can't function in my body. You can't stay there. You can't hide in any recess of my body. You've got to go. You've got to go out. You've got to leave. Remember what Jesus did? He rebuked the fever and immediately it left her. It left her. Oh, thank God. Fevers can hear. Disease can hear. Tumors can hear. Cancer can hear. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Diseases that you're afraid of are part of the curse of the law. Can you see it? Finally, in verse 61. 
He said also, every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of this law, then will the Lord bring upon thee till thou be destroyed. These are curses that come on the disobedient. What's the good thing about everything we find in this portion of Scripture? We've been redeemed from it. What is this verse that we've been redeemed from? Every sickness and every plague. Listen to other translations. Every kind of sickness and disaster not recorded. Any kind of sickness or calamity not mentioned. All the sicknesses and plagues of which this book makes no mention. You might, you might say, well, Brother Keith, you went over a lot of things, but you didn't call my particular problem. Yeah, just did. Just did. Amen. Just did. Just did. Every. Oh, that thrills my soul. Every sickness. Every disease. Every problem. I mean anything that you could name and everything you hadn't thought of. You know, I mean things that medical science hadn't even given a name to yet. Doesn't make any difference what the name is. Every name's got to bow. Amen. 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 Every name. Every name. Oh, thank God I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.